This is Andy Purwall for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'm joined by Jamie Moore. Jamie Moore on a rare Sunday. Jamie, how are you doing? It, mate, this never happens. So I'm usually, I'm, I've, I'm usually all family on a Sunday. So, uh, so you've done well. But as you mentioned in the uh, in the messages, you are probably now my adopted son. So, uh, so it does technically class as family. So, exactly like Jamie, exceptions have to be made. Um, of course, family relations aside, our rivalry will go to go head to head later on. But we can touch on that later on as West Brom get ready to overcome Man United. Um, let's touch on boxing, though, Jamie. Um, last night we returned to UK shores for British boxing. Some controversy, some shocks. Let's start off with the shock result. Josh Warrington losing to Maurizio Lara. Your thoughts on the fight? No, oh, mate. It was obviously like it, everyone else. It was just a massive shock. Um, it's, it's it's an age-old discussion about, you know, people have been talking about this for years, um, taking it off the ball. Uh, you know, the, those type of fights are potentially the... the the worst ones slipping up before big ones and stuff. Um, I've I've just spoke to Steve Wood actually, his manager, and uh, and you know he's he's had injury problems like everyone does, but but by the sound of it, it was there was worse than usual. Um, and you know, look, thankfully the main thing is he's all right. He did go to hospital and he's he's come out and he's uh the the scans was clear and stuff, but he has picked up a few. Um, superficial injuries as well which um, but you know they'll heal up he's got a broken heart as you can imagine um, but um, I just think when it's, it's really difficult when when you've achieved what someone like Josh Warrington's achieved and you're in that situation you know new promoter no crowd he's used to fighting off their energy do you know what I mean and then you're in with an opponent after the Type of fights he's been involved in over the last few years, you're in. You're then in with a in in a non-title fight against a lesser opponent. You feel like he's a lesser opponent, and no matter how much you try and g yourself up for it and try and get up, if you haven't got the natural instinctive feelings where the butterflies are going in and the nerves are kicking in, once you end up in that situation where he got hurt and, and he got buzzed up, you can't just switch it on. That's it. So. All in all, by the sound of the, the whole situation in terms of the, the the bubble, which is a foreign um, environment anyway, is when you've never done it before, fighting in front of no crowd, taking injuries in there, being involved in a fight where you feel, you know you're looking, you're overlooking it. There was a lot of stuff going on by the sound of it, which which wasn't ever going to go in his favour. And if you look at the other guy's situation, young puncher. Um, big opportunity, four weeks notice, life changing opportunity. It's everything, it's, it, momentum, all that stuff it was going for him. You know, it's like a, a big underdog, no pressure on him. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's fucking life. Oh, life's cruel sometimes. What did you make of the fight itself, Jamie? Kind of, was you surprised at all by the tactics Josh employed? Especially, you know, watching from home, you could see how hard Mauricio Lara was hitting, and when he was landing, you could see it was buzzing Josh pretty much every time. Was you surprised he maybe didn't look to maybe take that bit more of a cautious or defensive approach after the initial shots were landing? Yeah, but I think 
I was surprised because Josh, you know, Josh isn't an evasive fighter in terms of head movement and foot movement, but but he's very, very tight usually. So that surprised me, you know, having conversations with, with a few people while the fight was going on. We was all saying I was, was surprised how clean he was getting hit. Um, and obviously when, when he's in there with a punchy, if, you let, if you're getting hit clean, eventually it's going to take its toll. And I didn't think he'd probably get to him that early at, at the stage he did when, when he got hurt in fourth round. I, I've got to be honest as well. I think the, the fight should have been stopped then. You know, he, he wasn't responding to the referee's um, instructions in terms of asking, being able to do what he was asking him to do. And that in itself is the, the reason why a referee asks you to walk towards him is to see whether he's capable of doing it. And if he's not, then that means he's not capable of carrying on the fight. So why ask him the question? He doesn't do what you've asked him to do. And then you let the fight go on anyway. What, what, what's the point in that? You know, at the end of the day, thankfully, he's okay. But God, there'd be massive, massive questions asked about the, the referee if, um, if, if something you know, more serious would have happened to Josh, then the questions would be asked, why was he allowed to carry on? And rightly so. So, um, so you know, you've got, to, you've got to give Josh massive credit for his durability and, and, and his tenacity and being able to come through that. But he shouldn't have been in that position to be able to do that because he should have been uh, protected. With the thought itself, you're saying there, Jamie, you feel that it should have been stopped were you surprised that maybe he wasn't pulled out then when he went back to his corner at the end of the fourth round that his team didn't pull him out? Um, oh, no. I wasn't surprised at the end of the fourth round because I was surprised the referee didn't stop it and then the fight went on and then the bell went not, not long afterwards. So then you can't... It's early enough in the fight for him to recover. You know, so put that on my toes then. When, when Kyle boxed Josh Warrington... He was hurt really badly early on, um, but you know he uh, pro probably not as and he didn't get dropped, so he wasn't as badly as as Josh. But that similar situation, and you've got to give your fighter the opportunity to get his senses back, get his legs back underneath him, and get back into the fight. It was early enough for him to do it, so no, I don't think Connor should have pulled him out. They gave him the opportunity to go back out there and see. Um, you could still see his legs were shaky when he went back out there but he was given the opportunity. I think in that situation, early on in a fight like that, the corner did the right thing, but the referee, I, I believe, should have should have stopped the fight when it, when it should have been stopped. Was there a point later on in the fight, Jamie, that you thought the, the fight should have been stopped, whether that being through Josh being pulled out by his corner or from the referee, other than obviously... Yeah, I think the longer the fight went on, then there was probably reason to, to be able to pull him out and, and uh, different scenarios different opportunities but um it, it's a it's a difficult decision because you know how durable and resilient josh is you know what his engine's like you know he can keep going so and you know what the prize is after it you know he's apparently in you know eight, eight weeks time or whatever he was he was going to be fighting for the ring magazine belt it's just that they're the they're the big decisions what should be made and you know your health has got to come first so so yes maybe you should have been saved and there's 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 a lot of people going to be asking questions about certainly the the officiating of it because Josh came through and he's okay but you know what what happens if something more serious would have happened 
how taxing on the body would a defeat like that be for Josh? And throughout his career, you know, the, the Frampton fight itself was a very tough fight for both um, men. You know, but how taxing will that be on Josh's body? And what kind of, I've saw people mentioning is a fair point. How will he recover kind of from a punch resistance standpoint? Because that will take a lot out of him. Will his chin be the same going into his next fights if he does decide to return, that is? Um, I think some some of the factors what could have impacted on that last night are making weight. So so Josh is big featherweight. Um and the circumstances what you make weight. Don't forget people people know the bodies and people know how they respond. So when you're making weight, you sort of trial and error. And then as the years go on, you know how to do it. Even though it's tough and it's taxing on your body, you know how to do it safely. You have your own little techniques. And then all of a sudden, because of the situation, you're in a bubble. You haven't got the facilities or, or the methods what you would usually use to make weight. So Josh would have find, found himself in a, in a horrible situation during fight week to make weight. So that, that affects your punch resistance and, and your ability to hold a shot. I also think that he's probably better suited at super featherweight now because as, as you age and you fill out, it's always that bit more difficult to make weight. The type of fighter Josh is, that sort of high octane, you know, energy fighter, you, if you if you drained at the weight, you're never going to be able to perform the same. So maybe it was in a combination of factors and maybe that's one of them that, that, that it's time to move up, you know, what is he now? Is he 29, 30? 30, I believe. Yeah, if he's, so he's 30 years old. So I think he's, you know, if he's earned enough money, he might not even have the desire to carry on. But by the sound of it, he's got a few injuries to overcome. He's probably going to have to have surgery. So it's going to be a while before he fights again. But if he does have that determination to carry on, I'll probably see at a super featherweight if he's going to still be able to perform to the best of his abilities. James, moving on to one other fight on the card before we come on to some of your fighters. Um... Another one which caused controversy, well, didn't well, cause controversy last night was the Zelfa Barrett Kiko Martinez fight. Uh, scorecards reading 118, 111 twice, and the other one 116, 113, I believe. Just kind of your thoughts on the cards and the reaction to it. That's the sad, the sad part of it, Andy, is we're talking about the cards again. And it was a, it was a great little fight, you know, it's good clash styles, high, you know. Strong punching pressure fighter against a slip uh, back foot boxer who's a puncher as well. Great fight, and then the the shines took away from it by the the scorecard. I thought it was a close fight, and I thought Zelford just nicked it, but I couldn't have argued either way. If you if if Kiko would have got the decision by round or two, I couldn't have argued either way. But it just. It's not fair on the fighters, you know. So, just for argument's sake, if my card was right the way I'd scored it, and and Zelfer had just nicked it by a round, we'd all be saying, "What a great learning fight for him!" Um, he's ticked a few boxes. He's, he's answered a few questions. Um, he's shown some areas in his game where he needs to address and improve on. But that's what these sort of fights are for. So great. And, and, and we'd be talking about it in a positive spin. And again, instead, we're talking about the judges. So it's just it's just not good enough, really, is it? When you think about it, the amount of times we end up talking about judges' scorecards, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So but it, score, scoring a fight like that, in, which is 
so close and nip and tuck by seven rounds is um it's just not and you know even if you, the other scorecard I think was by three points you could just about get away with that I think but seven rounds is is ridiculous but I think Zelfa um you know when when you when you watch the fight and you you think about the pattern of the fight and how it went he sort of allowed Kiko a little bit too much momentum coming forward and by the time he got to the sort of the fourth and fifth round neck if they was to box again I think he'd address that and he'd probably be a little bit more um forceful you know it, w- w- once he's landed that first initial shot then go with a little second phase and drive him onto the heat onto his heels a little bit more to discourage him from coming forward um just a cup I think you know him and Pat will go to the gym a couple of little tweaks and they'll 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 learn loads from that fight and improve on it but uh it's just again we're talking about scorecards it's, it's a shame Jamie, what do you think it is that maybe over his last two or three years in particular we're seeing it mentioned more of a cards? Do you think it's kind of a, a, the judging kind of starting to go down the waywards now, go, going down and not necessarily being as good as what it was? Or do you think it's is the, the impact of kind of social media? Everybody has a voice now. Everybody can discuss it. So it is generating more interest. Now, why, why do you think it is? <sighs> Mate, it's, it's difficult to put your finger on. Where, where exactly the problem is. Um, obviously, it has to lie with the judging in, in some way, but what's the reason behind it? Maybe it's maybe it's because social media is such an influential thing now and maybe, maybe they're overthinking the actual fight because they want to try and get it absolutely spot on and maybe they're not concentrating enough. I don't know. Mate, I, I, I'm, I'm just surmising here, but... but um, I don't think it's that difficult to score a fight. I've got to be honest with you, especially when you know when you've been involved in boxing for so long, it's not difficult to score a fight. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, let so let's look at it from another point of view. Then, for argument's sake, we're talking about a close fight. So, so then, so in a, in a way, I'm really going to stick up for the judges here. Now, you could you could go well. It is a seven round fight because even though there was a close round, I still preferred his work to the other one. So then you do end up in a situation where where, where it's, there's a seven-point you know, difference when in a close fight. So it is a difficult one, but may, maybe the, the way of the scoring has to change. You know, it's a, there's a 10-point muster system and it's a 10-9 and I don't know whether there should be a little bit more room for manoeuvre where if you win a round bigger than a close round, then, then maybe you get you know, it's a 10-8 round. Or t- and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking of a few ideas here, but it probably does need addressing because how do you win a fight? By, you know, I, when I won the British title, I won it quite easily and handily, and I won it by seven rounds. And then Zelfa's won that fight by seven po- or seven points, I should say. And then Zelfa's won it by seven points. And it was like really nip and suck. So that doesn't really make sense, does it? You know, if you... In other sports, if you if you batter someone and it's a whitewash and you win ten nil, it's ten nil. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's um, I don't know. I, I really don't know where we fix the problem. Does he speak volumes that Eddie came out after the fight and he spoke kind of very openly and criticised the judging once again and said that he needs to be addressed? Yeah, I think it's a good thing because you get all the conspiracy theorists um, on social media all the time saying, "Oh." Eddie Earns bunged a brown envelope and all that, you know, and it's just nonsense. At the end of the day, it's just um, it's bad officiating, or, or you know, and and it is difficult. That's 
it's different. I'm saying you can score a, a fight quite easily, but then, you know, we have people who have been involved in boxing, you know, you're working for the TV companies who are scoring fights and they get it wrong sometimes or, or perceived to get it wrong. But, you know, is it actually wrong or is it just their opinion? So, um, but for the size of the difference in the card, it's, it's and, and for how close the fight was, we probably need to find a different way of scoring fights. That's probably the answer to it. Jamie, what's got you trying to touch on a couple of guys in the gym and obviously Chantel, um, Carl getting ready now is only just under two weeks away from his, his opportunity to become free white world champion. How is uh, preparations and how is he? Yeah, he's in great, great form, great spirits. Um, obviously, the four, the extra four pound, you can see the difference in in energy in the gym and stuff. And you know, it just gives him that extra bit of um, cushion. So, so he's not dragging himself down to nine stone. So, yeah, he's um, he's in good form and and. I think this, you can just see it in him now. You know, he's had a lot of pressure on him over the last couple of years with stuff outside of the ring. So it's like a weight off his shoulders now. He, he can just totally concentrate on boxing and, and training. And uh, he's in a good place. He's in a good place, yeah. Because unintentionally, do you think he, he's got under Jamal's skin a bit because we've seen him kind of reacting over social media, tweeting back and forwards? Do you think he has kind of annoyed um, Jamal a little bit? Um, if if he has done that, it's probably intentional. I know what Carl's <laughs> like. He, he does like to have a little niggle and he plays some little mind games, but it's all in fun. You know, he, he has got a lot of respect for Jamal and and um, and, and vice versa as well. So I'm sure, even though they're having the the little niggles and just playing around with each other, I'm sure they'll be nice and respectful when they come face to face and uh, and they'll put a show on for the fans as well. Yeah. As this will probably be the last time we speak before the fight, Jamie. Just kind of what are you preparing for and how are you going to look to navigate around Jamal's best qualities and obviously that massive height and reach advantage? I think um, because of the size difference, you know, Jamal's not usually the type of fighter who'll try and stamp his authority in terms of being a physical fighter. You know, he's, he's much more of a technician, but I think he will in this. I think, I think he'll try and use his size and, and try and be a bit more bullish because because Carl's much smaller than him. Um but I think that might play into our hands, you know, and 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 I think he might underestimate Carl's boxing ability as well. Um so you know there's a few different areas where I feel like we can we can exploit and I think sometimes he'll maybe um feel like he's gonna get be able to get an, um a bit of an initiative in different areas. And that will play into our hands. So um, I don't want to say too much, but but I think that some of the stuff where he thinks he'll be at a boss it with Carl will actually will, will turn in our favour, I believe. Stephen Ward, how's Stephen after his uh, exhibition bout with the mountain? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's training. He's got a, a bout on the same night in, in Kazakhstan. So um, so so he's, he's boxing um, a kid who's 2-0. and um, he's, he's sort of fight, you know. It's a, it's a tough fight, um, but it's an opportunity for for Stephen to to gate crash because even though he's only two and zero, um, the guy who's he's boxing is well respected, a very good amateur, and um, you know if he if he comes through this, then it puts him right in the in the, I think it's top fifteen rating because it's a WBO um, title fight, so it'll put him in the top fifteen in the world. So it's a great opportunity for him. 
Um, so, but I've got to send um, Captain Chaos now, Travis, over to Kazakhstan instead. Um, Jamie, also know Chantal Cameron's got a date now working towards. Talk to me about her opponent and what do you know about her? Um, she's she's very good um, slick. You know, for, in terms of the, the women, um, I've never really seen uh, anybody with a type, type of style, what she's got in terms of um, she's very defensively minded. Um, so she's sort of back foot, likes the shoulder roll and slipping and sliding. So um, it's a different type of style, what Chantel's never really come across before. Um, so I've been getting a sparring with, I've been using Akid Fias um, for some sparring with her because his defence in, in that sense has come on loads over the last sort of 12 months. Um, so they've been drilling some routines and doing some tech sparring. Um, so I've been getting him to, to look at uh, the movement patterns of the, the girl who she's fighting, um, the head movement and slipping the slide. And then Chantel's been drilling some little things where we feel like she'll be able to exploit it. So yeah, she's in, she's in good form and, uh, you know, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a tricky fight for her because she's forty-one, um, and you know she's no spring chicken, but she looks fresh and she looks sharp. She's only small, so so the height difference. Even though you'd feel it's an advantage, sometimes it's a, it's a disadvantage because you're not used to fighting people that short. So I think she's only five foot two. So um, so yeah, she'll, I'm sure she'll have a problem, but. She really is firing on all cylinders, Chantel, at the moment. She can see she got a she got real spring in her step. Eddie's hoping, you know, she comes through this with with no problems, and then he's going to try and make some unification fights for her. So she's um, she's excited, you know. She's been waiting, uh, trying to become a world champion for a long time, and, and dreaming of it. She's she sort of realised that dream now. Now she's in in a position with Matchroom um, because of the size of the platform what they've got for them to be able to push her on and try and get her an undisputed champion and then fingers crossed we can we can get undisputed versus undisputed and we can get the Katie Taylor fight. Jamie final thought I just want to touch on one which is happening next week. Everybody's looking forward to it. Josh Kelly, David Avenesian, just your thoughts. Mate, it's a great fight. Again, so similar to to Zelfra and Kiko, that's the, that clash of styles I think is going to be going to be fantastic. Um, I think Josh Kelly might surprise us, you know. I think um, Evan Asian's very, very good, very tough, very strong. Um, and, you know, Josh got... He, he drew out in, in New York, was it? Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that was a difficult fight for him. But I think he'll have took a lot of lessons from that fight and put them into place. Adam Boo's a very smart man, good tactician, um, and, and I'm sure they've... they've tweets a few little things from, from that fight. So I think that on paper it's 50-50 and it really is, but I think um, I've got a feeling that Josh Kelly's going to surprise a lot of people. Right, Jamie, we'll leave it there now because it is half an hour from kickoff. so I think I'm going to leave you to get your tissues ready to, to cry into when West Brom overcome Man United. Mate, I cannot wait till it's about 5-0 and I'm going to start screenshotting stuff and sending it to you. Mate, that's fine because I don't think it will be. Like I said to you earlier, we've had a good record against the top teams other than Man City at home. We was unlucky against you at Old Trafford as well. So um, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling we'll draw. I've got a feeling we'll draw. We might even nick it. I'm glad it's not Old Trafford because we're playing better away from home. So um, yeah, so I'm. In fact, I'm going to put. I'm. I'm going to put five nil on. 
I'm going to get on my betting app now. I'm going to put five nil on. And when it comes in, I'm going to send you 100 quid. Go on, Andrew. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, mate, uh, it's uh, a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, look after yourself. Obviously, uh, best of luck with the rest of preparations for Carl and the rest of the team. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Pete, to Boxing Social. Cheers, Andrew.